listening to episode 175 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. And this is our February news roundup. And we have a lot of our pl- a lot on our plate today. Hard to say that. It seems that a lot of firms are kicking off 2023 with big announcements. There are so many companies dropping press releases, it was hard to choose which ones to cover. But I did select seven stories uh, for the episode today, plus the usual review of uh, changes in the Keatsis Ezra Group Advisor Tech Map and an update on the Ezra Group Wealth Tech Integration Score. So strap in and get ready to absorb some Wealth Tech information. If you are an executive of a Wealth Tech firm that's selling software to RIAs, broker dealers, asset managers, TAMPs, or others, then you should run, not walk, to our website ezragroupllc.com and fill out the get in touch form on the homepage. Our experienced experts can deliver a wide range of advice, including competitive analysis, new product evaluation, market insights and strategy, client buying decisions, integration development services, and more. Every vendor needs these tools to be successful, especially when entering new markets, and you can get on the right track by going to ezragroupllc.com. Quick housekeeping note before we continue, please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts, so you don't miss an episode. And just so you know, uh, our podcast has been doing pretty well all around the world. In the U.S., we've regularly been in the top 100 uh, podcasts in fintech news. This is our category, fintech news. Um, so top 100 in the U.S. We've been in top 10 in a lot of uh, foreign countries uh, like Ireland um, and uh, Australia, even Singapore and the UK were in the top 50. In most European countries, we've also cracked the top 50. So you're you're in good company if you're listening to this show. Now, let's kick this thing off. Okay, our first story is FNZ expanding their US footprint with YieldX acquisition. Now, some of you may not know either of these two firms that we're starting off with. So let me do a quick uh, review. FNZ is a custodian technology provider that administers more than $1.5 trillion in assets, over 20 million investors worldwide. They have 150 wealth managers, banks, insurers, asset managers as clients in 21 countries, but mostly in the UK. Um, and also, I know we worked with those of the clients in, in the APAC region, uh, but they have no US exposure really for the wealth management platform or custody yet. Some of the biggest competitors in the US are Schwab, Fidelity, Pershing, and some Northern Trust. FNZ has made a lot of deals in the past couple of years. Uh, one of the biggest was a, a, a partnership, a joint venture with State Street, where State Street bought 20% of FNZ and they formed a, 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 a JV called FNZ Trust Company, which is now working in the U.S. They um, FNZ raised $1.4 billion in 2021 on a $20 billion valuation, so they've got a lot of money in the bank. Also in 2021, FNZ acquired Appway, which is a Zurich-based workflow engine, new account opening tool, um, really big uh, technology platform, lots of U.S. clients, a lot of big broker dealers, LPL was one of them using Appway's um, workflow products. So that gave them a good foothold in a lot of wealth management firms. Um, but their their acquisition of YieldX uh, is interesting. Now, YieldX is a startup to start up in 2019. They are in the fixed income space. Now, I've done some work in fixed income. I was the head of operations for a fixed income trading software company. So know a lot about the trading and fixed income and how difficult it is to manage that and to build software that can 
um, keep track of different bond portfolios, different bond pricing. It's not an easy task. YieldX has really done a great job of that. They've got a number of different products in the suite that um, allows fintechs, if you want to plug into their API-first analytics, you can create investment and savings products around targeted yield and risk parameters. They allow wealth management firms to improve client outcomes uh, by building on their workflows to optimize uh, the portfolios of fixed income securities. Um, they can deliver insights, trade ideas, portfolio optimization at scale. They can build bond ladders. They've got a, a big, a very strong filtering uh, criteria capability across the fixed income landscape. A lot of very cool products here. So um, interesting that FNZ decided to acquire them, you know, jump in on this, because I, I had expected Investnet to acquire YieldX since also last year, uh, two years ago, in October 21, um, uh, YieldX and Investnet did a partnership where uh, Investnet was going to distribute the YieldX technology and products through their platform. I know they had been introducing a lot of their bigger clients to YieldX. So I was really expecting some announcement from Investnet that they would be buying them, but FNZ looks like they came in and snapped them up right out from under their nose. Although FNZ wasn't uh, sitting still, they also have a partnership with Investnet. So everyone's in a big circle here. FNZ Investnet partnership, FN, Investnet YieldX partnership, FNZ buys YieldX. So a lot going on here. Um, so um, following the acquisition, uh, the two founders, of course, joining FNZ, Adam Green, the CEO, of YieldX and it now becomes the CEO of FNZ's Asset Management. And Steve Gross, head of sales, becomes the FNZ's head of asset management strategy. So great move for those two guys. I see this as uh, another step in FNZ's slow migration into the US. It's a carefully orchestrated strategy. Um, I've seen their product a number of times and talked to them a few times about their US strategy. So I imagine they're building out their platform uh, more towards the U.S. market, focusing on the US, what U.S. advisors need, whether it's on compliance, uh, trading capabilities, and account opening, integrating AppWay into their platform. They're going to have a, a very competitive offering at some point. So I would look for them, especially in the enterprise space. They're not going to be going after really small RIAs. They're going to be looking at uh, the, the larger firms, either um, stealing business from existing clients or partnering with them. Who knows? There's, there's a lot... Uh, FNZ has a lot of options. You know, they're, you know, they're partnering with Investnet for custody in the U.S. So Investnet will be reselling their custody services. And FNZ is going to be reselling Investnet's uh, data analytics services overseas. So they're already working together there. So expecting to see a lot more from them. And on, staying with the Investnet news, Pantera announces integration with Investnet. So um, and Investnet now is working with Pantera. Pantera is a... Um, we have them in the uh, Ezra Group, uh, Keats's Advisor Tech Map under rebalancing. They're really a held away asset um, trading tool. In the past, held away assets, you could always view them. You could see what you had, see the balances, but you couldn't do much with it. You couldn't trade on that data or access that data directly. But Pantera has built technology that allows uh, advisory firms to actually make trades in these clients' uh, retirement accounts. So 401k accounts, 503B, other types of retirement accounts directly. Great tech, not cheap. It's not cheap. You're going to pay for it. I think it's around 30 basis points, but that enables advisors to charge their clients for the capability of managing, directly managing their retirement assets versus, hey, you should trade this mutual fund in this retirement fund that you've got and expecting the client to make those trades. So another capability of InvestNet. Uh, so all these firms are building out, making more partnerships, making more opportunities for advisors to have better outcomes. 
Next up on the news, Zoe Financial announces its new innovative wealth platform. Zoe Financial, which is a lead gen uh, application, has partnered with Apex Fintech Solutions to offer custody and clearing solutions as part of the platform build out. With this partnership, Zoe now offers commission-free, uh, commission-free fractional trading across most U.S. listed securities uh, and 30,000 U.S. domiciled mutual funds. Zoe Financial is one of the most successful lead gen applications for advisors in our space. They had around 2.5 billion in assets transferred, assets referred. They call it assets under administration, but it's really not true. They're as a lead gen, they're bringing the assets to these advisors, but they're not administering them or, or managing them going forward. Zoe did have a $10 million Series A round led by SoftBank Opportunity Fund, and their uh, their team grew 3x during 2021. In 2022, Zoe was listed uh, in Fast Company's prestigious world's most innovative companies list. Now, what I like about Zoe, um, besides the fact that, they're, that they have been delivering a good uh, amount of leads to clients and building out a great uh, a great client base, they are, according to their statistics, 70% of the investors that Zoe refers to advisors have never used a financial advisor before. So it's really greenfield for a lot of these advisors. It's good news, bad news. Good news is they're getting brand new clients that have never worked with an advisor before, so they get to deal with them first, but they're also not stealing any business from other advisors, so you can look at it either way. Also, Zoe claims that their average age of the clients they refer is 43, which is compared to the average age of 58 for clients at wirehouses. Now, this was uh, kind of a surprise. So we follow the market obviously very closely, um, whether it's digital, digital digital marketing or lead gen or other anything else in the Keats's uh, Ezra Group Advisor Tech Map, but I've never expected uh, a lead gen application to announce a wealth platform. Very surprised by that. It doesn't seem to fit to me. Uh, there's there's already too many wealth platforms out there, and offering this at this time doesn't make sense to me. They picked a great partner. I mean, we love Apex and everything they're doing, especially as another API first custodian, uh, being able to build out these tools. For, for a quick onboarding uh, and commission-free fractional trading. And the question is not that whether it works or not. The question is, does it does it fit? And as, as a, a lead gen firm, you really have no experience with a wealth platform. Um, most of the staff, uh, the senior staff, haven't built wealth platforms before. So this is the first time for them. And it's more than just launching it. It's getting firms to use it. And we wrote an article, I wrote an article a couple of years ago called 50 portfolio management systems can't all survive. And the reason why I wrote that is there's just too many. Uh, there's too many uh, wealth management platforms, portfolio management platforms out there, um, at least more than 50 now. And they can't all possibly get enough market share to stay in business because it's very difficult to, to change platforms. Once you've got a wealth platform, uh, a portfolio management rebalancing trading application, you're going to probably stay on it for at least 10 years. Um, because it's just too difficult to change. Uh, it's a lot of effort. We've done it. Some of the things that my company, Ezra Group, does, one of our uh, our main businesses is helping firms convert their their portfolio management platform. And it is an, uh, not a trivial task. So for them to go in and say, hey, just put this application and give us your assets, not going to be that easy. Now, even if they're thinking of it, well, we'll just bring new assets on to the Zoe Apex platform and keep our existing assets on our current platform, well, that now gives you two platforms to manage. So you've got some of your clients in one platform, now you're building up a new client base in a whole different wealth platform. That's confusing. 
your reporting is going to be confused is going to be a mess um, your compliance your billing all of it needs to be coordinated you know we've all, we've done this review and this research for, for for firms that had come to us saying hey can we launch another offering I mean, we we had this exact same conversation with a couple of of the biggest wealth players who are already out there with wealth platforms saying we want to launch a new offering that builds and that that uh, that combines custody with onboarding and our wealth platform would would that sell and we said well no it's not really going to sell because um you need more than that you need more of a reason for a wealth firm, whether it's an RIA, RIA aggregator, broker dealer, or others, to add a new custodian uh, or a new wealth platform, it's just not. Um, there's not a lot of reasons beyond bringing in one, you know, some huge clients, or you're merging. That's the biggest reason why an RIA or other wealth firm will bring on another custodian is they've merged. They bought a company, they merged with a company, and the other company has a significant portion of assets on another custodian. Then just leave it. No one's going to change those. So. Um, I'm always looking for innovative ideas and new ideas. I just don't see Zoe Financial as a lead gen firm being able to build out a wealth um, infrastructure or a, a, a client base. They already have the infrastructure through Apex, but be able to attract enough clients to make it worthwhile. Another interesting part of this story, which was on uh, RIA Biz, Zoe Financial discloses stealth raise from big RIAs, even as it launches its own RIA and walks tightrope of potential conflicts. They always have the longest titles for their articles. Zoe Financial last May, which is 2022, uh, they tagged four RIAs for a substantial raise of funding around without publicly disclosing it and used the cash in part to build this in-house RIA based on Apex. They um, they, got, they did this funding round, which they don't say how much it was, with some of the, some of the biggest RIAs in the space, Mariner Wealth, Cap Financial, Creative Planning, and Sequoia Financial, all contributed to this funding round uh, of Zoe Financial. Now that's a that's a major um, mark of hey, we think you're doing a good job, and we really like this idea. So uh, they've got that backing. Now what's interesting is RIA Biz discovered the raise by reading the fine print of the firm's ADV that they filed with the SEC. Go, good job, RIA Biz. Now by accepting this capital from RIA clients, Zoe acknowledged to the SEC that this is a conflict of interest. Because basically their business model as a lead gen firm is to provide leads to RIAs. And if a bunch of the biggest RIAs in the country are now funding you, how can you prove to us that you're not just funneling the best clients to them? So that's going to be a, an issue for every new client, every existing client. Say, hey, well, you got Mariner now backing you. How you I want you to show me that your, your, your algorithm is going to be honest. So that's something that's a double-edged sword. One, they got great backing. Um, great uh, seal of approval from these firms that their referral process works and is very successful versus, hey, why should we work with you when these guys own you? Uh, a lot of things, a lot of things for Zoe to work out, a lot of issues, uh, a lot of uh, marketing and sales and uh, messaging that they need to work on, as well as how they're going to sell this um, this RA, this new RIA platform that's now you know, both competing with their clients as well. So that's one thing you don't want to do if you can help it is don't compete with your clients. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. If you want to learn more about Zoe Financial, go to the website at zoefin, Z-O-E-F-I-N.com. Okay, our third story. Bridge FT launches Wealth Tech as a Service Platform. I found this to be really interesting news considering how much work we're doing in Ezra Group on integrations, APIs, uh, integration scoring. So Wealth Tech as a Service Platform from Bridge FT. Now, Bridge FT was launched back in 2016 
Uh, they originally called Bridge Financial Technology, and they were a portfolio management software company for small RIAs. Now, they originally built their software on top of the Fiserv APL platform that's now uh, at InvestCloud. So that was their core um, platform, and they built some uh, user interfaces on top of that. They were targeting small RIAs. Uh, they, they got a little bit of traction, and then they started building out some of their own technology around performance reporting and billing, which was called Atlas. And I think their goal was to be a low-cost alternative to firms like Orion. They got to about 250 clients, but never really got enough traction on the platform um, to really make it. Uh, in February 2022, they hired Joe Stenzel as a CEO. Now, Joe's got a long history in the industry. Uh, we overlapped a little bit um, uh, in terms of being competitors uh, back when I was uh, still working at ADP back in the 90s, uh, when Joe was working at Thomson Reuters, he launched the Thomson One market data platform. I was working at ADP Brokerage at the time. And we had our own market data platform that competed with Thomson One. Uh, Joe then went to Cyvantage. He was head of product and head of sales. He was there 13 years. Cyvantage had some interesting products. Uh, they had an investor trading portal that was very popular called WealthScope, uh, sold to a lot of mid-sized broker dealers and regional banks. And they also had a product called Maxit for cost basis reporting. He was there 13 years until Refinitiv bought Cyvantage in 2020. Then Joe became the head of digital investor at uh, Refinitiv. And then Feb 2022, hired as CEO at FT. So Joe uh, looked at the business uh, with a critical eye and said, look, the, the wealth, uh, the performance reporting, fee billing part really isn't growing. There's too much competition, but we've got some great uh, APIs. And let's really go all in on be becoming that type of company, uh, which I think is a great idea. Uh, WealthTech API is a company, they're calling WealthTech as a service platform. Uh, according to the press release, they aim to offer a single open API combining trade-ready data from multiple custodians, as well as analytics and other applications that are powered by the data. That's the important part for me, the other applications and the analytics. Because there are a lot of APIs out there. A lot of the bigger firms have APIs. Um, but when you get to the analytics and the other applications, that's where things start to get interesting. Uh, they aim to be an infrastructure provider for a variety of firms. Great. We need that. We need more companies that do that type of thing. Now, we are seeing some of the other bigger players also um, announcing similar initiatives. Uh, uh, Orion announced their partnership with Amazon, moving all their data onto their Redshift platform and opening up their data via APIs. So that's going to be a big move for them. And InvestNet also announced their own data uh, application, data analytics platform. Uh, I think it's called Wealth Data, uh, uh, the Wealth Data Platform, uh, which we know a lot about. And they're partnering with FNZ, as I mentioned in the earlier article, uh, about uh, to launch that uh, in overseas markets. So like, there's more and more competition around these open APIs, open data platforms. So we would love any more vendors coming in. We need more uh, doing this. Uh, another comment, uh, as we make this transition to enterprise beyond just the RIA market, so they're, they're moving beyond RIAs, we have a number of firms looking at they're looking at TAMPS and investment product distribution players and other large firms. That's great. Uh, it's really a great way to do that. It's just too much competition in the RIA market for portfolio management, reporting, billing, all these, just, these very core uh, applications that become uh, commodities. Uh, it's very hard to make money. There's just too many firms out there. So they're going to be offering the trade-ready accurate data from multiple custodians through a single API, including Schwab, TD Ameritrade, now the same, Fidelity, Pershing, Shareholder Services Group, 
as well as others. Now, another interesting point, they mentioned they're going to be doing integrations with account aggregation providers, uh, Plaid for other types of feeds. I like to see other aggregation providers and ag- become an aggregator of aggregators. If I could uh, connect to Bridge FT and get an aggregated feed from Plaid, you know, Plaid slash Quovo and Yodley and buy all accounts and accumulate and other other types of aggregator, and you could bring me all that data into one place and maybe and then clean it up a bit, uh, show me which vendors had the best uh, data from which particular uh, financial institutions. That would be also really useful. Uh, there was some buzzword bingo going on in the press release. So while I do like this idea, there's some things we want to just cut through some of the the, the jargon. This uh, WealthTech API represents the first platform to deliver trade-ready, accurate data from multiple custodians to a single API. No, it's not the first platform doing that. All the major uh, uh, vendors who are multi-custodial wealth platforms have data from a single API. Now, they may not have all the data. In fact, they probably have a very small subset of their data, which they're expanding, right? There, there's more and more data being available, being made available all the time. And we definitely have some issues with some of the, the vendors not offering enough of the custodial data through their APIs, but not the first platform to do this. Uh, we're happy that they're doing it. Let's see, another uh, thing from the press release, removes virtually all need for manual recon. No, I, I, I the word virtually jumps out at me. There's gonna be still gonna be a lot of recon. Now if they can automate it, we always like automating recon. Out of the decades of our experience here, recon is just always uh, a major thorn in the side of everybody when it comes to managed accounts. There's always some issues going on with recon. Every vendor has a recon tool that tries to automate it, and there's always problems. So maybe for basic accounts, they can automate a lot of the recon. But when you get to things like SMAs, the managers um, uh, want their own their own uh, data to, for recon, and especially UMAs, that's a lot more complicated. You're not going to eliminate all the manual recon for a UMA. You require data from the wealth platform for sleeve tagging, sleeve performance, sleeve netting. You know, billing attribution is a problem, filtering out dividends and interests. Uh, interest hand- handling ACATs, you know, money journaling in and out of accounts. There's so many other issues. But if they can get rid of 80% of the manual recon, I'd be very happy to see that. Uh, they're providing data enrichment to powerful to deliver powerful performance calculations, insights, and analytics across all accounts, no matter the source. Also good stuff. Uh, I think this type of service, this wealth tech as a service, would be great for startups. So firms that are coming into the space, and need to scale quickly and don't want to have to build all this uh, connectivity to custodials, uh, to custodians, and especially, you know, we've done this a number of times for firms, all the um, the files, the custodial files that come in, the amount of data that you have to worry about, the amount of different security types, especially when you get into bonds uh, and, and preferred stock and things like that having to deal with it, and the uh, corporate actions. Well, I mean, just looking at corporate actions, it takes a long time to just understand and build that out and make sure you're handling it properly. So if they can do all that, that opens up a lot of opportunities for firms to jump into our space, offering innovative solutions that they can bring up and not have to worry about uh, how the custodial data gets in. So love to see what they're doing at Bridge FT. And story number four in our news, Alois Perker launches Perker Partners. Uh, for those of you who don't know Alois Berker, he is a fixture in the industry, an influencer in wealth management technology. He spent 16 years um, eventually as the uh, director of research for wealth management at IT Group. He was there for 16 years, and starting last month, he launched his own company called Perker Partners. 
Uh, the mission is, if you can you can look him up on LinkedIn, but his mission is providing focused strategic advice and thought leadership on current themes re- relating to business and technology innovation, support decision makers at wealth management firms, wealth tech, startup, and PEVC firms through a flexible ongoing engagement model, and act as a platform for dialogue for the various parties involved. So Alois is a good friend. Um, I followed his career. We've, we've met at many uh, events and we've spoken on panels together. Um, I'm always reading uh, his stuff. It's very insightful. Uh, he always has a good take on the industry. Um, you can learn more about his new company at Perker Partners. That's P-I-R-K-E-R partners.com. And you can email him at Alois at PerkerPartners.com. And his name, Alois, is spelled A-L-O-I-S. Um, here's to you, Alois. Congrats on, on all the best on your new endeavor. Next story, number five, is how Advisor360's first acquisition could expand its reach and offering. Uh, this article you can find in Financial Advisor Magazine, fa-mag.com. Broker-dealer Commonwealth Financial Network built their own technology, their own wealth platform. Uh, it took them many years to do so. I think over 20 years they spent uh, building that out, and it worked so well for them. Uh, all their advisors and all their assets were on their own custom platform. They decided to spin it out as a star, as a, its own subsidiary, uh, an own independent company, which they called Advisor 360. They spun it out in 2019. The company has done reasonably well. They got uh, they signed one another big client, Mass Mutual, uh, who put 7,500 advisors on the platform, and they've recently made their first acquisition of uh, Agreement Express. So this is um, an interesting selection. It's probably not the firm that I would have chosen. Um, and also some of the, the news on this is unusual when they're announcing you know, why they bought them or, or, how, or what the, the, purchase, the purchase was. Um, because they're saying things like, you know, we were buying the assets of the firm. Um, so you know, like they, they bought the assets of Agreement Express. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, they're not buying the clients. Why would you word it that way? So that's, that sounds like legal ease for something. They, they acquired the digital onboarding technology and related wealth management assets. Uh, it's a, just a strange way to word uh, a press release. So I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, I'm also concerned about why they would uh, acquire this particular company if they're looking for onboarding technology. And we've we've done a lot of reviews of basically anything in the the Keto's as a group map. Any any of the forty categories we've probably done a review of the, the tech uh, in our research. And when it comes to on account onboarding technology, Agreement Express technology never really impressed us. Uh, it was mainly built, at the time it was built on top of Google. There was some sort of Google tech uh, that Advisor 360, uh, Agreement Express built their platform on top of. And we weren't really impressed with how they did it. Uh, they'd gotten some good traction with a lot of smaller RIAs. They never really could make the leap to, um, to larger firms. So why they bought them? I hope they got a really good deal. I'm hoping that they uh, they did, and maybe they can figure out some way to to take advantage of this. But it just seems an unusual selection from Advisor 360, considering the the breadth and depth of their platform. Um, why they would choose this particular company to buy? Uh, according to the press release, we're thrilled that this business is now part of one of wealth management industry's largest providers of integrated technology solutions," said David Ryan, CEO of Agreement Express. Uh, there's lots of opportunities around for um, acquiring interesting onboarding technology and why you would do it. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of RFPs for these types of things. And some of the areas we look for 
is flexibility in the, in the underlying technology, uh, how how usable it is, how well it integrates, of course, with our as a group integration score. We always want to know how well these firms integrate. And just bringing custodial data isn't really much of an integration because most of it's flat files. So we don't really include that uh, much of that as in terms of the strength and depth of an integration. We'd want to see um, their tools integrating with other platforms. So it'd be more of a workflow environment. Uh, so when you've got, like we were talking earlier about uh, FNZ buying Appway, Appway is a very strong workflow engine. Of course, they're they're not in the same categories at Green Express in terms of the client base, or right? they're looking at much, much larger firms, but this, it's the same type of functionality, account opening, uh, workflow, moving data between different systems in your organization, uh, from the custodians to your, 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 you might start in the CRM, sending data to the custodian, bringing it back, sending it to compliance. There's a whole workflow involved when you're opening up accounts and being able to manage that orchestrate, we call the orchestration layer. We want to look for um, tools and technology that enable uh, clients to to modify that orchestration later. Uh, DocuPace has got a good um, product there when it comes to new account onboarding, uh, orchestration, uh, supporting multiple custodians, supporting multiple accounts in the same uh, envelope, or so you can, you can open up many different kinds of accounts um, at the same time. So Agreement Express never really had any of those because they were really working with much smaller firms. So uh, this is a strange one for us, not really sure. We'll uh, wait to see how things shake out and where um, Advisor 360 deploys Agreement Express's technology. Okay, next story. Story number six, Asset Map partners with Cetera to empower financial professionals with leading advice engagement experience. You can find this article uh, a couple of places. One is wealthmanagement.com in their wealth stack roundup. You can find it on Barron's. And you can also find it, of course, on Asset Map's own website. So what are we doing here? We're talking about a partnership with Cetera. Cetera is one of the largest independent broker dealers in the country, with over $300 billion uh, in assets under administration. Uh, of course, Cetera also is a, is a, has an, a lot, number of subsidiary broker dealers. Uh, that they've, they've built up over the years. And Asset Map, you can check them out at asset-map.com, is uh, what they're calling financial advice engagement. So um, I've always been impressed with the way they it was built. Uh, CEO and founder Adam Holt uh, built Asset Map as a data visualization tool. It shows all of uh, a client's uh, assets, investments, expenses, insurance, everything all on one page. Uh, so it's really nice. I mean, of course, you could build it by hand on in PowerPoint, but uh, SMAP automates that whole process and uh, it brings in data, has integrations with a lot of other tools, which is CRM with financial planning tools. Um, and it allows the advisor to present this information in a much more friendlier way and a visual way that I think a lot of clients appreciate. A lot of clients uh, ex uh, get right away versus you know, a 40, 50, 100 page detailed financial plan with lots of complicated charts and graphs. Uh, so ASIMAP has really taken off over the years. Uh, many, many thousands of advisors are using it. I think they've got over uh, they some numbers. 1.25 million clients have used, uh, advisors have used it with 1.25 million clients. 1.5 trillion in financial instruments have passed through the, the platform. And they launched a new product called Discovery, which is data gathering. So it automates the data, data gathering process uh, and feeding that into their um, their system. They also all launched another platform, another product called Signals, which alerts advisor advisors different risk events that occur. And they have target maps that allow that bring some goal based financial conversation. So, started out as a as a very complementary 
application to financial planning tools. It's grown over the years into almost its own um, pseudo financial planning tool. Although I still think a lot of advisors who are using it still use it in uh, pairing it with one of the big um, financial planning platforms. But you could almost use it as a, as a planning tool for uh, clients maybe have not such a complex um, financial life. So this this partnership with Sotera makes it uh, makes it the one of the, uh, the one of the biggest clients, uh, maybe their biggest client. And Sotera has over eight thousand advisors who all have access to AssetMap. Uh, so it's a big it's a big deal for AssetMap to to launch this and launch this partnership with Sotera. Uh, you know they've got a lot of um, and they started out very small, focusing on individual RIAs and worked their way up over the years to some of the largest broker dealers. Uh, like like uh, Equitable, Axe Equitable uses, Asset Map, lots of bigger ones using it, and now Soterra. So it's definitely something you should take a look at. You can check them out at asset-map.com. And next up in the news, we have story number seven, Private Advisor Group introduces the Wealth Suite Investment Platform. Private Advisor Group, one of the largest and fastest growing independent wealth management firms in the country, has introduced WealthSuite, a new investment management platform. Exclusive to its network of over 750 financial advisors, the platform aims to drive efficiency for advisors and an improved investor experience. Here at Ezra Group, we are always excited when we see a new platform, a broker-dealer platform or RIA platform come out. So we are very interested to see WealthSuite, and I had a chance to chat with Private Advisor Group's new CEO, Frank Smith, about it. Sounds uh, like a great platform. It is built on Orion uh, Advisor platform, which they uh, signed a deal with them in 2019 to be their wealth management technology. And it is a sort of blended um, wealth platform slash TAMP uh, platform available for their advisors. There's investment strategists from BlackRock, Fidelity, Orion, of course, and WisdomTree, who uh, are providing the, the strategies investment capabilities and models. The, it's a multi-custodial platform, of course, as Orion is, with a bespoke mutual fund ETF and blended mutual fund ETF model portfolios, along with custom indexing and tax-optimized solutions delivered through an SMA structure. Um, the, the last year was a great year for private, private advisor group. Uh, they brought in over $4.4 billion in newly affiliated AUM in 2022. So it's a good deal. So we're looking at, when we look at these types of platforms, uh, we compare them with other platforms that are similar, uh, usually broker deal platforms, which are looking more like just really big RIAs. Anyway, look at our LPL client works. Satara has their platform called AdvisorWorks. Commonwealth Financial has Advisor 360, Client 360, which we talked about Advisor 360 earlier. Ameriprise has their own platform. And these platforms have a mix of capabilities. Usually they're of course, full featured and end to end. Some, but then some pull in different uh, outside applications. Some have different levels of of capabilities that we, they built proprietary from all proprietary like Commonwealth to a mix like LPL, where they use um, vendors on the back end for things like UMA uh, management and portfolio accounting. Then they'll build their own uh, interfaces and other types of tools on top. Uh, Ameriprise, for example, built their own CRM which no other firm, uh, none of those other firms have done. So everyone's trying to do it a little bit differently. And when we uh, analyze these type of capabilities, uh, whether it's a broker deal or an RIA custom platform, we usually break it down to client experience, advisor experience, and then the wealth management, the underlying wealth management technology. So we evaluate the portal, client portal, advisor portal, we look at digital account opening, how all well that works, 
<clears throat> how well it's integrated, how well the data is collected. We look at new advisor onboarding as well as new client onboarding. We look at the practice management technology. Can we do benchmarking? What type of other tech capabilities do they offer? How tightly integrated are, are they? Home pages, third-party applications, common task workflows. These are all the things that we look at when we're evaluating these types of platforms. So we haven't done a full evaluation on the private advisor group platform yet, but based, since it's based on Orion, we know pretty much what it's going to be. But it's always interesting to see how these different firms um, decide to do these things and decide to bring these capabilities and how slowly or build more bespoke uh, capabilities for their teams and for their advisors. It gives them a, a little bit of a benefit, right? Because I've heard one um, broker dealer, one very very large RIA aggregator, um, make these comments like we're all trading the same advisors back and forth. So all the advisors know what the different uh, capabilities are of the, of the technology platforms, and they're becoming a bigger and bigger um, part of their decision-making process besides just payouts and other uh, perks, they're looking at the technology. So if they're looking at between LPL, Soterra, Commonwealth, Ameriprise, or some very large RIAs, like a private advisor group or a Mariner or other firms, they're gonna look at the technology and see, well, is this gonna help me grow? Will this help me scale? So interesting to see how a private advisor group is doing and looking forward to seeing other uh, large, fast growing independent wealth management firms also launch their own uh, bespoke platforms. Every one of our news episodes includes a quick update on the Keatsis Ezra Group Advisor Tech Map. You can find the latest version of the map at keatsis.com slash fintech map. This month, uh, we've got a couple of different changes. We have a couple additions to the map. A company called FinCompliance, that's F-I-N compliance.io is their website, which is an RIA uh, compliance consultancy and software company. They've got a combination of uh, compliance technology solutions for advisors. They also provide these solutions for insurance agents, solicitors, private funds, and FinServe vendors as well. They have a, they have a compliance portal. Uh, they've got a decent uh, technology suite. You can check them out at fincompliance.io, and they're in the compliance category. Another vendor added to the map is called thinklegacy.com, think-legacy.com. They are, as the word, as the name implies, uh, they provide estate planning software. So for financial advisors that are uh, doing estate plans, you can take a look at think-legacy.com. Uh, they've got some interesting tools to help you manage your clients across the generations, uh, do discovery, um, provide them with reporting. Uh, they've got some training as well as coaching at think-legacy.com. So they're in the um, financial planning, specialized financial planning category under... Um, uh, legacy. There are some removals this month. We're removing Trading Front. Trading Front has terminated operations. They weren't around for very long, uh, and now they're gone. So uh, so say goodbye to that uh, online robo-trading platform that was enabling advisors to deliver uh, solutions, uh, digitally uh, enabled solutions for their clients. Uh, I, that just doesn't seem like there's that many, there's much available work for these firms. They keep coming up with these very generic, uh, very commoditized platforms, and they just don't seem to work. In other news, if you are a vendor that provides CRM overlay, we get a lot of calls from CRM overlay vendors and asking to be moved into the CRM category. And I don't think that's a good idea for you. You really want to be in the overlay category. First of all, you are an overlay. If you, if you don't build 
your own CRM technology, if you're building on top of Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics, you're an overlay. It doesn't matter how much additional capabilities you build on top, you're still an overlay. It still requires a Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics license to use your software. That means you're an overlay. And it's good to be an overlay. If I'm a Salesforce <clears throat> or Dynamics customer and I want additional capabilities, I'm going to look for an overlay. I'm not going to look for a full featured CRM that I have to replace my Salesforce or Dynamics with. So embrace the overlay. It's, it's good for you. We're always looking at different categories to try to uh, enhance the, the information available as vendors change. Some come in, some are leaving, or capabilities change. We're always uh, looking at, you know, Michael and I looking at how to make the map more useful. So we're look, we always look to tweak the, the, uh, the categories. So one thing we're doing, uh, another move is the a category we created is the advice engagement category, which sort of was a, a Swiss army knife category, or I was calling it the junk drawer category when I interviewed Adam Holt from Asset Map, where we were just kind of putting things in there. They wouldn't know where, where else to put them. We, so we created the advice engagement category, but there's more and more firms that are vendors that are bringing uh, new capabilities that really feel like advice engagement. Elements is one. We're moving it from light financial planning into advice engagement as they have pivoted away from light financial planning, more towards personal wellness and ways to engage clients, ways to communicate better with clients. Uh, we're probably going to be eliminating, uh, we are eliminating the plan monitoring, uh, plan monitoring category, pardon me, I can't speak, and all those, all those vendors are going to be going into advice engagement. I think there was only two or three vendors in plan monitoring. And Hubbly was in there. I don't know why. They're not really plan monitoring. They're more of a workflow tool. But my plan map and nudge are moving into advice engagement and we're getting rid of the plan monitoring category, which is good because we're running out of space on the map. So the more space we can free up by getting rid of the category, uh, it actually does give us a little bit more room to, to expand in other areas. So that's another change. And there's going to be a new category in the February map called advisor data warehousing. As you heard in an earlier story, a company Bridge FT with their Wealth Tech as a service, they are going into the advisor data warehousing category, uh, as, uh, as well as Skyence, which is currently in the CRM overlay uh, category. But I think we're going to add another logo for them because these are applications you can buy standalone. So if you have a separate um, piece of software that you sell standalone that you don't need to buy the core platform with, We'll consider putting another logo on the map for you in that category, so please let us know. So Skyence will have one logo under CRM overlay because they're built atop of Salesforce, and another one in the new category, Advisor Data Warehousing, and a new vendor, Mile Marker, will also be in Advisor Data Warehousing. Those are all the changes for the map. Now, the Ezra Group Wealth Tech Integration Score, which coordinates with the Ezra Group uh, the Kitsis Ezra map, because as they add new things to the map, we have to add new, those same vendors to our scoring. So when a new vendor comes in, like Fin Compliance or, or Think Legacy, where they're gonna, we're going to look at them, uh, contact the vendor, check their website, and gather all the information we can about their integration capabilities, feed that into our algorithm, and it's going to generate a score. So we've got a score available for every vendor on the map, or at least uh, three quarters of them uh, on the map on our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, which you can find from the, the our homepage, if there's a menu item for uh, what we do, and you click on that and you click on WealthTech Integration Score, and you can look up any score you like. We are also looking to make the WealthTech Score more useful, more accurate. So we're constantly tweaking it a little bit as we get also get feedback from vendors and from clients that are using the scores. 
And one thing we did that's coming out this month is um, an update to the scoring methodology. There'll be an email that'll go out with more details, but we're changing, uh, slightly tweaking uh, breadth, depth, and usability. In, in depth, we're modifying the way we calculate that score and giving more, uh, more um, a higher score to firms that have deeper integrations. So they get a little bit more of a benefit. So if you've got 10 integrations and they're all level five, you're going to get an extra benefit than if you had 10 integrations, they're all level one. So, uh, or if you have uh, five level fives and five level ones, you would get um, more of a benefit there. We don't want to penalize you because you created a bunch of one integrations without uh, acknowledging you have these five very, very deep, very robust integrations. So tweak the, the, we tweak the um, scoring there. So you're going to see some of the scores change. Um, I think about 100 of the scores went up, about 100 of the scores went down, some in the middle. Uh, based on these new, new new changes, we also expanded are uh, the questions we ask around usability, and those are focused on APIs, your documentation, your authentication software. So we're asking a lot more questions to gather more information around those capabilities. How well these vendors not just saying, "Well, we've got APIs." Okay, great. Well, how well do they work? What support do you have for developers? How much do you have sample source code? Do you have documentation? Is there a uh, a sandbox for developers to log into? Things like that. So you really can can look at our score and know that a higher scoring vendor has a way more robust capability than a lowing scoring vendor. All right, before we wrap, I just want to say that this episode, this news episode is dedicated to the memory of uh, my good friend and colleague, Gavin Spitzner. Unfortunately, Gavin Spitzner lost his battle with AML leukemia just a couple of days ago. Uh, I have to say it was a, it was a huge shock. Um, I've known Gavin for I looked it up. I was I, we met in 2011. I didn't realize exactly what year it was. So we've known each other for quite some time. When uh, we ran to each other a lot in the beginning at conferences and uh, different meetings, and then when when Gavin left, uh, he was working at Prudential when they were purchased by Prudential's uh, wealth management business. When they were purchased by Investnet, and then he went off on his own after two years at Investnet. And then we spent a lot more time interacting uh, since we we're both consultants. And uh, Gavin and I collaborated on a lot of things. He worked with us on a number of projects. Uh, he was always, uh, always, you know, obviously he's one of the smartest people in the industry. So we loved having him on our projects, but also a super nice person. And we spent a lot of time on the road together at conferences. Uh, I shared some stuff on- online about some of the time we spent together. There's just too many to know. And, you know, it's really, it really gives you a kind of grounds you in, in realizing what life's about when you see someone who you knew so well. Uh, and one minute they're here and and they're you know they're fine. Then they're they announce they've got this terrible disease, and before you know it, they're gone. It's just really a horrible thing. I just wanted to dedicate this episode to Gavin's memory. Please go online if if you if you knew Gavin, I'm sure you've already done this, but if you don't, go check out RIA Biz. Has a great article about him from Lyson Breen. Wrote a great. It's 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 a fantastic. I hate using the word obituary, but it's a, a summary of his life. I think he did a really good job encapsulating what it's like. If you didn't know Gavin reading this, I think will give you a, a good understanding of who he was as a person. And then uh, Josh Brown on his website, uh, he actually, I did a LinkedIn, I find it on his, um, the reform broker. He wrote up a, a bit of a summary about his time understanding Gavin, uh, a couple of the uh, 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 media uh, in our industry also put out some uh, information about Gavin. So please check it out. And thanks again, wherever you are, we're thinking about you, man. All right, so that's the end of this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Thanks for listening. Please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com. Go to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. 
Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information, analysis. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening and talk to you all again next time.